Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode nine. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen is Jason Solanas. You know, Randy, I've just been wondering, have you ever had an... Oh, God, why? Why? It's why. Because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Cigar City Radio was recorded at the Blind Tiger in Ybor City. The Blind Tiger is a 1920s speakeasy-style coffee shop serving coffee, tea, and vegan pastries. With locations in Ybor City and Seminole Heights, check them out at blindtigercafe.com. Jason, it's the holidays, the season of giving. I'm glad. Yeah. You know what we're going to do? What are we going to do, Randy? We're going to give. Oh, what do we have to give? We're giving away Cigar City Radio stickers right now on our website. That's right. Stickers. Stickers. Just go to CigarCityManagement.com slash store. It's absolutely free. Shipping is free. Just hit the order button. Give us your info and we'll send it out. And hey, if you live close enough, we'll even come to your house. That's not creepy. I promise. Not at all creepy. Yeah. You don't want us coming to your house. <laughs> Our guest on this episode is Billy Mays III, son of the legendary pitchman Billy Mays, who you might remember from commercials like OxyClean that aired on the Home Shopping Network. Billy Mays III is involved in numerous projects. Most notably, he makes ambient music under the name Infinite Third. He also hosts a sort of musical meditation called Mouth Council, and he works with various other projects as a creative director. It was great to have him on the show. He spoke very candidly about his life and his dad and told us a lot of really awesome stories. This is one of our favorite podcasts, I think. We're definitely very proud of this one and just happy to have him on the show. You can download his work and connect with him at music.infinitethird.com. And you can also check out the Digital Billy Mays Museum at billymays.org. So here it is, episode nine. So you go by the name Infinite Third. Infinite Third, music. yeah. So is that a riff on being the yeah, third? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I like you know I have these little tattoos. It's oh, like right it's on. like my thing. It's, um, it started off back in like probably 2010 or 2011. I've decided to like, I wanted it to be like some kind of paradox. The name like yeah. it doesn't make any sense really. Sure. You know, Infinite Third is just, I don't know. It, but people think there's like a way deeper meaning, like mathematical meaning, and there totally isn't. Right, so some kind of big statistical And that's, thing. that's what I wanted, though. It was like something that, you know, it's sentimental in a little way, but it also makes no sense at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> is, is it sentimental? Like, is it... You yeah, describe? like, I, it's, um, you know, I haven't, se- I haven't really talked about this in a while, but I still feel the same way. Like, it kind of touches on the whole, um, like, there's a part of me that feels like infinite, like, like a like star stuff you know yeah. like and then there's a part of me that's just like a measly 
human with a name and a third and mm-hmm. I'm just another guy in a line of genes and you know so yeah it's the duality of that and that makes sense because I mean yeah you are but a man you know I'm but, but a man <laughs> <laughs> but you also I mean with just having the name Billy Mays it's like now you know your dad's sort of created this legacy that totally will go on infinitely yeah I mean he's in an episode of South Park yeah it doesn't really That's get it. much yeah. more infinite than that. <laughs> <laughs> were, yeah. were you were you cool with that when he when yeah. he popped up on South Park 100 percent yeah. yeah I would I, uh, I would be too I'm a huge yeah. South Park fan like since I was I don't know. I think it came out when I was in middle school. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of South Park. And um, when that episode aired, I heard about it like the the day before. Yeah. That hey, the the South Park episode this week is like about dead celebrities, and it's like heavily focused on your dad. Uh, and who told you that? Because um, like I feel like they they probably wrote it that day. Yeah. You know, no, so. I I think it was just like a rumor in the mill, you know. Uh. And um. I got a couple texts from whoever and, you know, at that time I was really active on Twitter because this was within like a month of my dad dying, I think, or maybe wow. maybe two months at the most. And there was this whole like public grieving going on. And um, so I was like really engaged with his fans a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I got this influx of followers because like Alyssa Milano was like, go show him some love. He just lost. His-. So like yeah. there was this whole there was this whole like thing going on. But. When I heard that there was a South Park episode, I was like, I didn't tweet it. I didn't tell anyone because I was nervous. I thought they were just going to like shit on him. And oh, sorry, can I say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're on the radio, you know? (laughs) This is 2016. There is no radio. It's the Wild West. Yeah, we've got some pretty explicit episodes. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Well, fuck Uh, it then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't tweet it. I didn't really tell anyone, even like my friends. Like, I had like a couple close friends where I was like, oh, I heard that this thing, this this episode tonight is going to be about my dad. So I sat there like home alone by myself watching it. And it was kind of this like I was laughing my ass off, but also like really touched that he like made it like his life impacted the pop culture that much. Yeah. And it kind of like hit me more at that point, I think. And then there was this little like just to just like the epilogue of the story is that the next morning, like MJ in the morning called me and I was on the radio and they were like, what did you think of this? Like, and I was like, just, man, it was, it was fucking awesome. Like, what can I say? And, you know, TMZ ran the story of Billy May's son approves of, you know, and it was this thing. So later on, (laughs) I found out, I found out that on the commentary of that episode from Trey Parker and Matt Stone, like they were talking about how like a lot of the families of the dead celebrities were like not cool with them or kind of offended, but they were like, well, but it, but Billy Mays' son was cool with it, so that's, 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 <laughs> that's all that. That's yeah, all so I want to meet them one day and just like kind of close that circle and yeah, yeah. I mean, they should a, at least give you Book of Mormon tickets. I think, yeah, right. You know? <laughs> but that's really cool. I mean, I didn't know your dad personally, obviously, but mm-hmm. I feel like he would have been cool with something like that. Yeah, it seemed like he was pretty good about you know poking fun at himself. He was. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things maybe that I've ever seen is when your dad ordered, I think it was like McDonald's or Burger King or something. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, McDonald's. He ordered from the drive-thru. Yeah. He did that for MJ, for the MJ oh, morning MJ show. Yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, yeah, In his was, Bentley. Yeah. They brought a camera and uh, took him through the, the drive-thru and he was just like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> At that time, he was just like having fun. And, yeah, no, no, that yeah. was hilarious. And I think whoever took the order like kind of caught on pretty quickly. Yeah, and they played along with it a little yeah, bit. And they were, yeah, they were totally cool. I mean, when he, when the, you know, he you get up to the window and he's saying Billy Mays here. I'd like sausage McMuffin, but wait, there's more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, he had a, he was really like in on the joke a lot. Yeah. Um, especially in the last, especially in the last like year or two Mm -hmm. of his life when it like hit this meta place 
Yeah. It wasn't so much just infomercials where like he could do other appearances mm-hmm. and he got on like the Tonight Show and stuff and he had the the reality show Pitchmen on Discovery Channel. Oh yeah, yeah. So he he saw where it was going. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know this, but before he died, he was um he had signed the deal to be to do a series of um, infomercials for Taco Bell, like parody infomercials what? for oh, Taco no Bell. Way. And it was like a huge deal. Oh, and man. they were about to start shooting them like a, a couple months after he died. That so would that would have awesome. been crazy. But, yeah. you know, it, you could see it was going in a direction that was more meta rather yeah. than he just, was like, he just was being like, a salesman. He was like a meme before yeah. memes existed. Yeah, you know? he, like, he, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was like, he's like one of those memes. He still is. I, I have a site, billymaze.org, mm-hmm. and a Facebook page and stuff, and a, and a Tumblr where I collect all that stuff that I find. Yeah, and just a lot of fan art. A lot of fan art, a lot of memes. And yeah. uh, I post like some behind-the-scenes photos that I find that people send me. Cool. All kinds of stuff, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But you didn't go in the direction of your dad. You didn't want to be a pitchman. Um man, this is this is like something I'm like wrestling with lately is that uh-huh. how after he died it was this there was like this kind of half joke of like, Oh, you're gonna step in and yeah, and I actually had some serious offers Did around really? the time Did and I'm and calling you. Uh, not not necessarily <laughs> oxyclean. Okay. Um but there was like a thing in the air where it was like you could kind of do it. And I I did a thing I was young too. I, I felt really young when it, when he died. It was like yeah. I was like twenty two, I think. Yeah. Twenty three. And um I just I felt like if he had died like this year, I probably would be a pitchman. I'd be the oxyclean guy yeah, right now, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um so when he died, there was this thing in the air of like, Are you gonna step in and you yeah. know, take over? And I was just like, No, I'm a musician, like I don't I don't I'm not in that world. Even though behind the scenes I still to this day work in um, TV production sometimes, oh, so cool. for commercials and infomercials, occasionally. Yeah. And um, at the time, I was too, but I was always just like, no, I'm not a pitchman. I'm a, I'm an artist, you know. Yeah. And then now, seven years later, I have all these projects. I kind of have this like tribute world to him that um, I have a bigger vision for in like the nonprofit side of things. Really. To kind of like pay tribute to him through philanthropy and stuff. Yeah. But now I feel I totally feel like a pitchman. Like I, I'm talking. <laughs> well, I'm you, you like, be, yeah, I'm pitching know? my music. I'm pitching my projects yeah. to people. I like, I'm the voice of something. And even if it's just the voice of myself, what I do, like, yeah. I'm definitely like an external. I'm a pitchman. I'm you, a son, I call. It, I, I just say I'm a son of a pitchman. You know, like, yeah. That's like it's in it's in my blood to to be that. So I just kind of stepped into it more. And was there like a specific piece of advice or pitchman essence? Your yeah, dad told you about or? Oh man, was there is there a secret to it? <sighs> There's some just like un unexplainable things that I've picked up, mm-hmm. just in persuasiveness. I feel like that I just yeah. I kind of have in me a little bit. Maybe maybe not even just from him. Maybe just that's just that's my just, my way. But um, I a lot of life lessons came from my dad because he was for 20 years he was a pitchman yeah. on like boardwalks and stuff, and he was just like a working pitchman, oh, like, and, and like a carny. He, yeah. he was a carny, oh, and wow. he would he would go from town to town pitching products to people and just barking, you know, yell pitching. That's where he got his pitch style from was from these these boardwalk like yeah. legends. And it's kind of, it was also kind of a dying art as he was learning it because it's not that big a thing anymore yeah. with the internet and people stuff. People don't and really TV. hang out at the boardwalk. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Well home home shows, home and garden shows sure. as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um so he took it to T V. Like he took that style to T V. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's what OxyClean was. That's why it was like this big hit was because he was actually pitching OxyClean in that setting, and then yeah. they said, we want to take it to Home Shopping Network and, like, 
just bring your style to them. And they, he would sell out every time because he brought something that was more live. Yeah. They would, they would have to censor him when he would curse or something. You know, like it was totally huge ratings, like yeah. for home shopping. It's just sure, home shopping. Yeah. They have like a very specific way of doing it. And right. he would just come in and like order the camera guy around. And like, yeah. before him, HSN didn't have any charisma. It yeah. Exactly. Saying, oh, this cost this much money. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah, and then they get people get someone screaming in their face about this product they have to have. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, but he does so much good. I've heard this though that he wasn't screaming; he was projecting. Projecting, yeah, that was his thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but from a from a consumer standpoint, that like totally broke the mold. So yeah, why wouldn't, why wouldn't they jump on board? Totally, and OxyClean is actually totally a cool product. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's actually a good product. Yeah, and yeah. they and he perfected the pitch on home shopping and in person. Uh-huh. Then they made a a two-minute spot out of it, which was kind of unheard of in infomercial world, like a direct response, two-minute spot. Wow. And it was a huge hit. And um, he did that with Anthony Sullivan, mm-hmm. Sullivan Productions here in uh, Tampa. Right on, yeah. So, you know, that was just like, he didn't become famous, or he didn't even get on TV until he was like 40, and he died when he was 50. Yeah. So he had more struggle trying to be successful than he did that time where he like blew up all of a sudden. Yeah. And then... You know, he was kind of like flung into like some weird fame that there isn't much to compare it to because there aren't many famous pitchmen. And he's kind of also just a normal dude. So we travel together in the airports and people would stop us all the time, get pictures. And I didn't really think he was that famous most of the time. I just like, wow, like, holy shit, everyone recognizes you. (laughs) And then it, it, it slowly hit me over a couple of years. And then he's doing The Tonight Show. He did Conan talk too. show, yeah, yeah, Conan, and that was actually the Tonight Show when Conan hosted oh, it later. Oh, that's yeah, right. oh, and yeah. that was five days before he died. Was when he was a guest on Conan, and he flew me out to that because um, right I told him if if he ever gets on Conan, like no questions, like I'm I'm coming with you. And he one day he called me, he's like, "Hey, we're going on Conan. Like, I got you a ticket." Like, <laughs> and we flew out to LA, and and oddly enough, that night on Conan and afterwards was the last night we all hung out. And then he oh, he man. he flew a different way, went to New York to shoot. I came back to Tampa. And we we had this amazing night, and then yeah. that was then we got the news. He flew home, and then that night he died in his sleep. So he ended up in all these public appearances where he was used to like he was used to them, but not in this fashion where it's like sought after in a way. Like so, he would get nervous and stuff. But one thing I really took from him was like that it was good to be nervous. Yeah, and like he would always say like nerves are good. It, it, it like reminds you that you're alive. You know, it gets your blood pumping and stuff. That's so cool. I, I still I feel like I still say that to myself like when I'm on stage or when I'm about to do something that's like out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So that's one of those things. That's totally right on. Cause Jason, and I used to play in a band, but we haven't performed in a while, but I still got nervous every time before going on stage, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I feel like you're right. That is good. It's like what you're seeking, you know, it's like, it's what Yeah. people have like stage fright and like anxiety about it. But like, there's a, there's a real positive to yeah. being, being scared of something. It, it signals growth. I think it's one thing, too, when, like, you have, you know, music that's written and ready to go and you've rehearsed, mm-hmm. but I know you're also working on the what, Mouth Council. Mouth Council, yeah. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about that because that's, like, a total improv, like, yeah. experimental thing. Yeah. That's got to be nerve-wracking. Yeah, it's a uh, Mouth Council, I call it um, spontaneous group vocal looping. So I have a, I have a, Spontaneous ha- group lo- vocal wait, wait, looping. Vocal looping. Yeah, wow. that's like that's the best I've been able to distill it down into like a <laughs> sentence so far. It's like on my business card and stuff, like because yeah. it's hard to explain until you see it anyway. So if you're listening, just go watch a video or something. Yeah. But, um, mouth council is like we sit in a circle, and this is on stage. This is anywhere. Um, 
anywhere that they'll let me set up. I, I invite strangers or whoever's down to sit in a circle with me, and I have this loop pedal that's like a five-channel looper made by Boss mm. um, where I can, I can layer it and I can do all these effects and mix on the spot. And then I have a microphone going into it, and I'll basically start with like a beatbox thing or something rhythmic, and then I'll start passing the microphone around. It's like becomes this tribal experience where I just tell everyone, like, do what you're feeling at the time. And I have my crew of people who have done it for years with me that they're just like masters of it by now. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's this it's this workshop exercise performance. It's all these things. And I just like that I've been flipping. I've been like flipping what a performance is. Yeah. So I'll be on a show with a bunch of bands. And then all of a sudden, I'll come up and do this thing that kind of bridges the gap between audience and performer. Yeah. So you're like inviting the audience totally, up to yeah. what, just make whatever sound Make they whatever want. sound they want, yeah. And it's, wow. um, I also tell them, like, you can sit there and pass the mic and not do anything if you don't feel like it. Like, it's not like a, yeah. it's not like a, I, I try to make it a safe space, you know? Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. Um, We're running out of those now that, uh, I know. now that the theater is no longer yeah. safe, <laughs> safe space. So. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, man. But. That's really cool. And where do you usually, is there a regular spot for Mouth Council? Or is yeah, actually, um, one one spot that it's kind of like grown up in is this place called The Loft mm-hmm. in St. Pete on Central. Um, yeah. Wove Print Co. It's their house and their office and their warehouse and everything. And they open it up every final Friday pretty much to, uh, they host a, a band or two. And then it's become the thing where like, I'll start the night off with Mouth Council. Sweet. And then in between acts, I'll do mouth council. We have this huge circle of people and it's like, it's where I feel the most comfortable in it. Cause I, they've just trust me to go wild and like really mix the shit out of it. And yeah, like yeah. Make it these weird ass compositions. That's awesome. Do you ever record any of this? Yeah. Well, that's, that's my current path with it. It's like, I do them all the time mm-hmm. and I usually just delete them from the pedal. It's like, it's a Zen thing. Like yeah, we did it here. It's for us. Yeah. But yeah. when I can, I record it or someone takes a video or whatever, but Currently, um, I have like a little, a small production team that um, we're we're kind of developing this like documentary format for it. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, going to a band or a, you know, someone like an artist of some kind, going to their space, filming it, talking to them, but sitting in a circle, doing mouth counsel, and then like in between songs, talking, yeah. talking about creativity and cutting it together in like a short form, like. Here's insights about the artist and their process, and then here's them like just having fun and improvising. Right. So we we've shot one so far. We've shot like the pilot, but we're we're not releasing it yet. For now, I'm just capturing what I can, and there's a few good videos online. That's awesome. But yeah, that's my focus right now is like how can I like translate this into like something that's not just for the people in the circle. And one way that I really want to explore is having a 360 camera in the middle, so that you can just yeah. watch. You can like look around the circle, yeah. so you're sitting in the center of it. I feel like it'd be perfect for like VR too. Yeah, there's a couple groups out, you know, in like the West Coast. But mm-hmm. I know in San Francisco, there's it's a group huge there. Yeah. That's like putting together these like VR music videos. Yeah, and it's, it's not very expensive to do either. No. You know, um, if you have the right kind of gear and the right yeah. setup for it. I have a friend. I should give him a shout out right now. Um, Cameron Gray. He's a rapper. Um, G R E Y. If you search him on YouTube, you'll find his 360 video that he shot. In San Francisco, there you go. With one of these, like you know, VR companies, and they're they're kind of like trying to figure out like what the like the standards for storytelling will be. Yeah. With a, it's such a it's such a broad thing because you're you're there's no point of reference. Right. So he made this there's 360 no video that reference. is more like theater, and you're following it around the 360 
thing. And it's a really good experiment. And they they develop some like terms and some some techniques out of that. And he's working on more. And yeah. they're really focused on that because it's kind of like, from what I can tell, all these VR headsets and they're about to be in everyone's home. Right. It's becoming consumer level. Yeah. Oculus Rift and everything. Yeah, I feel like literally every major tech company is making their own version of the VR headset, yeah. except for Apple, who will come in in like three years yeah. with, with the better one that everybody will totally. buy. Totally. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Got routers, man. Fuck those people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's happening. Like, there's not enough content for it. The yeah. people that have them right now have the headsets. Don't have that much content to choose from. So why don't we? Why don't we make them? Yeah. some more content. I think I think Samsung's investing like a billion dollars in content right now. So yeah, want to get on some of that? Yeah, get, get, <laughs> get in that billion dollar gravy train. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right on. You're not just a musician though. So you also do like directing, and you said video production and stuff too. Or yeah. Just kind of, you man. Know, I always a feel man like, many yeah, I mean, <laughs> man. I'm so like reluctant to talk about everything sometimes because it's like, how do you have time to focus on this? And the fact is that I don't. I've, yeah, I, the, each, I feel like yeah. each thing has each thing that I do has its like flow. So like, if I were only doing mouth counsel, I'd like get burned out on it, and it yeah. it wouldn't be like as natural. I'd maybe rush it to to getting out there. So they're all. I look at it as like these waves where. I have my infinite third thing, which I've been doing the longest, mm -hmm. and I just went on tour for that. But after that tour, I was like, all right, let's take a break, infinite third. Like, let's focus more on mouth counsel and I have another project, which I won't even go into, but it's a, I'm excited about it. It's called Memory Code, and it's like more folk with my partner, Annalise. Sweet. So musically, I have to juggle like what I'm actually focused on. Mouth counsel is great because I can just show up with a briefcase and never have to be prepared with like a song. Yeah. It just it, it materializes on the spot. I, um, I have this thing called Remember You Are Dreaming, which is... Um, kind of a content channel if you go to rememberyouardreaming.com mm -hmm. we make videos and um it's kind of a collective effort uh really loose collective local and non-local yeah. of just like people making surreal weird music art content and uh, there's a youtube channel that's one of my more like broad focuses yeah I'd say so so in many ways you're just you're you are a content creator oh yeah <laughs> hey, that's a good way to put it i should just say yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm content with making content yeah. you're exploring you're exploring the entirety of your creative nature yeah yeah uh, so and that makes it sound so like elegant <laughs> i feel like uh, <laughs> that's jason's forte yeah. man yeah His elegance Damn. Um, so of all the creative things that you do is there a certain project that you would consider to be your favorite even though you visit each one Cyclically. Yeah. Um, like, is, is if you had to sit down with any instrument at any given time, which one would you be most comfortable with, or what would you be most comfortable creating? Yeah. So if you if you were just thrown in a room with whatever the hell you wanted, what would you do? I mean, I that'd have to be mouth council, just because yeah. the um, it's like infinitely expansive, and I never get sick of it. And it's like once I get too um, comfortable and like a oh, I'll start with this rhythm, and then we'll. Everyone has everyone that does it multiple times comes to this this moment where they ha they realize shit. I do the same thing every time I get the mic, just like a little bit different. So they, I, I'm like, yeah, you got to break out of that. Like I have to break out of my beatbox like go tos sometimes. But that's it itself is like it's like it challenges. It's challenging. It's like as as easy as it is. It's also can be challenging if you treat it like a like a almost like a martial art or something. <laughs> you know, like a creative exercise. So that that one has like the most value all across the board i can yeah. get content out of it i can produce out of it i get to i get to be a 
like a performer yeah, out of it. Yeah, you get to be creative with And it, I also yeah. get, like, I also can just take it anywhere. I don't know if I'm annoying in this way, but sometimes <laughs> when I show up to a place, like, I have the stuff in the car, and if it looks like, hey, this could use some mouth counsel, I'll be like, hey, do you guys want to do mouth counsel? But you're like, fuck yeah. Right, you so know? We could probably use mouth counsel. Yeah, shit. right? Like, I was, I was like, man, we could just set it up at this table right now, and that could totally happen, but yeah. it's... um. But it's all right. We'll, we'll make you beatbox <laughs> at the end. Yeah, you can okay. beatbox. Well, we could do well. an analog one where we're like, I'll beatbox. You guys just make a sound, you know? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, could do that. There's a loop pedal somewhere on Logic. Yeah, yeah, there are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so mouth counsel is is your thing, you know, but you also have been working on Infinite Third. I have to say time. the Infinite Third is like the most prolific and it it's so personal. It's yeah. no one else is involved in that. I do solo guitar looping. Like I go on stage and it's like, it's like mouth counsel with like all my personalities, like with yeah. myself a million times, you know, like that's because that's it, more what that is. Yeah. And it really sounds like it's like experimental guitar. Looping, yeah. Like almost electronic. Yeah. Guitar music. Ambient music. You know? I, I make a lot yeah. of different types of albums over the years, but the live set I've been developing is kind of like a cathartic thing. Mm. Um, like one long song that builds and builds and builds and. That, and I have I have huge plans for where that's gonna go. It's just like I said, there's a season for Infinite Third, and it's it's not this moment. It's like yeah, right yeah. now. It's like mouth council and remember your dreaming. That's awesome, you know, because I feel like so many people would just push through and like the whatever the thing mm-hmm. that they're doing is, even if it's not the most creatively mm-hmm. uh, pleasing or clenching yeah. thing to do at the time, you know. Yeah, I've 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 battled with it because it's like, man, what if I just focused on one yeah. and drop the other ones for a while mm-hmm. and Every time I do that, I'm just like, it doesn't feel authentic to me. It feels like these are all different aspects of what I do. And a lot of them can be can be like related. So like Remember Your Dreaming is like kind of an umbrella thing where infinite third things happen through Remember Your Dreaming. And so do Mouth Council things. And yeah. I just, in my mind, it's like what Mouth Council is where like I'm the guy that's taking everyone's sound and then like making it coherent for everyone to to hear as a song. Remember your dreaming is that as well. I'm like the content director. So yeah. I have my greater community of artists and so many talented people that I meet all the time. And I basically invite them to make something out of this like remember your dreaming like kind of meme that I've created that um so in a way I'm like kind of mixing that everyone's expression in that way and then presenting it. So yeah, I, I get all philosophical about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm totally hit, man. That's, that's right on. And is it are these mostly artists and other people like in the St. Pete area or a lot of them, yeah. I have a friend named Zach and Wood Army who we just released a video of his where he does a spoken word poem called Remember You're Dreaming. Mm-hmm. And um he shot it in Detroit and then sent it to me and I like spruced it up with some little subliminal messages and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's one of the most shared videos we have right now on Sweet. on Facebook. So it, I just I look for like that kind of like effortless flow of content like if someone has an idea that they can just do on their own or just with minimal help like just tomorrow we're i'm shooting with um dn saint Mm -hmm. local um rap duo um from saint pete but they they perform with a full band but i was like man that when they do spoken word it's like super powerful so we're going to this empty house tomorrow and i'm shooting it myself they're going to do a spoken word version of one of their songs and that'll be the next remember your dreaming video so That's I look for awesome. that like easy thing. I don't need a whole crew. I'll get the good audio, you know. I I'm at least like adept enough to to get that made. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I, I get help from the community too as far as camera and um and all that. So it's just a matter of like who's down, you know. Like yeah. it's it this isn't like a money thing, you know. So there isn't yeah. a lot of budget all the time, but I mean I don't see why there won't be one day. Like 
there's more money than ever. I'm selling shirts and, you know, the branding and stuff. So yeah. who knows one day there might be some investment and stuff. We're just trying to do what we can right now yeah. with what we have. Well, that's the way to do it. I mean, yeah. we, we, we think the same way with our podcast. It's yeah. like, you know, the key is to create good content and make mm-hmm. good stuff that people want to listen to and people want to see, Yeah. you know, and then from there, figure out how to monetize it. Do you have any know? sponsors? Uh, uh, we're, yeah, we got, we're, 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 we're talking, we're talking. Okay. So nobody you want to mention right now? Yeah, no, nobody okay. that we're legally okay. able to mention okay. yet. Um, but we do <laughs> record here in the Blind Tiger. Oh, there's Board, one Blind is, Tiger. Yeah, That's so awesome shout place. out to them. Yeah. <laughs> Always shout out to Blind Tiger. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we're learning about the many hats that you wear, you know, but it seems like it all sort of comes back to your original identity, I guess, you know. Yeah. Billy Mays the Third. Yeah. You know? And that seems to be an easier way to kind of market yourself out there rather than, you know, you got Infinite Third and Mouth Council mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you ever feel like a responsibility to that name? You know, the fact that, I mean, yeah, if you were, if, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you were like Ernie Mays, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it wouldn't be as, as yeah. Strong, I know? mean, my dad was, my dad was really like specific about carrying on the name and just kind of like, he would introduce me to people as like, this is little Billy, you know, like when I was little <laughs> and like, I just kind of, he, he was proud that he just like, like, I feel like maybe I'm like, I'm one of the good things that he like really did in his life that wasn't like business and yeah. career like and I and before he died I was like his unofficial before he like he never actually had like a publicist mm-hmm. even the day he died but like I was the closest thing to it I was like managing his Twitter yeah and I was like <laughs> dad we need to jump on this like you know like I was I was just I was more in touch and he like didn't even know how to use his Blackberry you yeah. know so I was and I even in our house I would like record some of his voiceovers for commercials so like Sweet. we were building this like really cool like work relationship yeah. that we never really got to get down to. But in that way, I feel like it's my responsibility. This Billy org thing mm-hmm. right now, it's just a fun thing. It's a, I, I call it like a digital museum. Yeah. And you know, obviously like my family likes it and people who love my dad like it, but I kind of just want to preserve like all this, all this transient stuff that's happening in the, on the internet and just kind of like make it be like the central hub yeah. for like Billy Mays related things. And in that sense, like, what I want to build it into is like an official, like definitive archive of everything he did. Yeah. So like every commercial he made will be there in HD. Um, every talk show appearance, every promo photo, you know, a- anything that there is like, I, I'm, I'm slowly collecting all these things in that regard. Like I don't want to just dwell on like the past. I want to kind of like preserve his image as a pitchman. Like that's what he was. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now that he's gone and he's, he's, he's a bigger idea now. He's like a, He's like an energy. Yeah. So I don't really want to direct it at like gadgets. Like like when he was alive, that's just what he happened to do. I, I want to take my pitchness that we were talking about, like that yeah. unique pitchman voice. I'm not a pitchman, but I'm like, but I'm a pitch man. No, I want to take that energy and like that persuasive pitch energy. And instead of pitching like gadgets and, and cleaning products, I want to pitch ideas, like nonprofit ideas and um, people's causes. Mm-hmm. So I, I have like some causes that I work with sometimes just in my other work. I want to take things like all these paintings that get made of my dad, like auction those off and direct all of it to a cause each time. So that's like, that's my bigger plan. I don't talk about it that much, but at the same time, like it's just been bubbling for years. And yeah. I don't, I, just like everything else, I don't rush it. Cause if I would have jumped on this five years ago, it wouldn't have been as strong. Like I'm, I, I, I let it become like a, a solid platform of an idea before I really move on it. Yeah, that makes sense. 
and then you gotta it's all about trying to find the right timing and the right yeah. time to, to execute yeah. on that and now you know it's like a it's a funny thing my dad is like i just i want to i want to pay tribute tastefully but i want it to be more than just like silliness i want it to like be about something carry yeah. on a legacy in your own way yeah totally you've told us a lot about you know who you are and, yeah. and what you're doing and I, it's all really um it's just you you seem like somebody that really likes art you know yeah. for for the sake of creating and and being creative mm-hmm. you know where do you think that comes from hmm i think it's just like an interest and then the only thing i can really attribute it to is like my mom being supportive of that interest yeah and like liking everything i do no matter what so i always <laughs> had someone that was a fan and yeah. still do and it's like sometimes it's like embarrassing where i post a, like a song or something and like my mom's the only one that liked it so far and it's <laughs> you know yeah. which happens a lot um uh, but I, th- I would i would attribute a lot of it to that is like that's awesome encouragement so yeah. i try to pass that along to like if someone's just like oh i'm i'm trying to sing or and like you can see when people are like talented, you know, like yeah. they, they have some kind of itch to do that. And I just like to encourage it and remember your dreaming and mouth counts are ways that I do that. It's like, let's just do something, you know, like no pressure. This isn't like, this isn't your big, like coming out of like, as an artist, this could just be like one piece of art you make, whatever that means to you oh, and me. So, yeah. And there needs to be more things like that where people can just sort of explore, mm-hmm. you know, what it means to make art without any you know, yeah. sort of reservations or as, judgments. As, as NWA said, express yourself. Before you the, wreck yourself. The, no, that's not it. The great prophets, NWA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the great philosophers. Uh, so final thing, I heard Infinite Third, you are now giving out your music yeah. for free until the inauguration. Is that the plan? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a response to that whole the whole Trump week. I don't know what we call that. And like, <laughs> if we look back on that as like a, a tr- like a, a sad moment. Yeah. I history. wonder what people are going to call it. I don't know. Past. Like, um, I'm just like, <laughs> all of us had to have gotten caught up in some way with like the media and stuff and the press around it. And I just noticed everyone was so obviously stressed and for good reason. Yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot yeah. of people that I know are like yeah. legitimately scared Yeah, for like what rights they're going to have. And like, man, I don't even know what I can do. Like, I, I just try to speak up a little bit. But I was just sitting there. I was actually listening to my own music, um, mm-hmm. my newest album, Ambient Self. I, I fall asleep to it sometimes because, like, I don't know. It just it, it feels, like, comfortable. So I, I was yeah. I was doing that, and I was, like, and I, I have a Bandcamp page that has my whole discography, which is, like, right now publicly, like, 16 releases. A lot of them are straight wow. ambient meditative things, and some of them are more instrumental. And I just... I just decided that I don't think it's that big of a deal. I was just like, I'm just gonna open this up. Like, if you if you download music, just take it for free from my website. Like, there's no five dollar, three dollar like window for it anymore. It's just. Yeah. And when I did that, I was surprised because I didn't know how many people were actually gonna try to download. But hundreds of downloads, like people wow. downloading, mixing and matching. Like, oh, I never got that one, so I'll grab that. And so that was nice to see. And then obviously, I have a lot of stuff on Apple Music anyway, like free streaming and Spotify and iTunes and all that. So it wasn't like that big of a like decision to have to make but i was like okay maybe that'll help someone yeah. <laughs> i guess it, i guess it was ray roa from creative yeah Loping that thanks made, obama made, yeah, made it bigger. yeah <laughs> no but. and i'm glad i love ray man so like i really appreciate that he he took it and made it like a, a thing because that really made me more intentional about it like yeah um yeah well, i guess this is my little contribution to like 
the mental health of the world. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's maybe it only speaks to a few people, but I'm sure. I, and from the feedback I get, there are there are these people that are just like, this is what I needed. So that's that's what I'm going for. Well, yeah. that's great, especially with Infinite Third. Well, then if you uh, if you're not quite sure what you need in this post-Trump world, uh, go ahead and check out Infinite Third online. Music.infinitethird.com is the, the place we're talking about. There you go. Get over there. Download all the music for free mm-hmm. uh, while you can. Yeah, well, you can. I mean, I may. Who knows? I may just keep it. Just it may we, we may need it more once the inauguration happens. So, <laughs> really, and, and I presented it in a way like I'm just gonna miss Obama. City Radio.